0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome back to Beyond the Hashtag.
1: You are now locked into the Beyond Hashtag podcast.
0: Hashtag BTH podcast. I'm your host, Stephen, and I'm joined by a very, very special guest. I'm joined with ex-professional footballer and actually fellow podcaster, um, Henok McKendy. Welcome, Henok.
1: Yeah, Stephen, thank you very much for having me on your platform. I really appreciate it, bro
0: nice no, it's, it's good to have you on bro and and there's a good reason why you know i'm excited to have you on and to share your story and to just have a chat about you know what what we speak about on this podcast which is you know solutions to discrimination in football um yeah. and and how your experiences can can help elevate that discussion and, and take yeah. it to, a, to another direction so yeah it's it's, it's, it's due to be a, a good conversation so thanks for coming on bro
1: definitely no
0: problem cool. um just a quick one before we get started just for our listeners so yeah thanks again for everyone who tuned into our previous episode and all the engagement that you guys have been given both verbally to myself and on the platforms, you know, social media, YouTube, that kind of stuff, um, is, is very much appreciated. And, you know, even anyone who sends me an individual message to say, you know, they've listened to the podcast or, you know, they like ping me on at work and stuff like all those kind of things it you you don't know how much it motivates me and drives me to continue this conversation and to continue moving the platform so yeah i just wanted to you know recognize the people who've been doing that because because it really does mean a lot um and yeah just you know click the notification button all that engagement stuff you guys already know subscribe like and comment all the usual stuff because again it helps my exposure it helps my growth all that good stuff but without much ado, Hannah we'll jump into the episode um, yeah. and a bit about you. And, and as I said, there's a very special reason why I've, I've brought you onto this podcast, but I, I yeah. want you to kind of tell the listeners and the viewers a bit more about your story. So yeah. we'll start from like where you grew up, um, yeah. you grew up in Congo and then coming to England, um, yeah. sort of starting into your football career. So yeah. it was yours, bro.
1: Yeah. So my name's Hannah McKendy, ex-professional football player, uh, came through the ranks at Liverpool FC. Um, so a little bit of background, um, born in Congo, uh, grew up dental, maybe I'd say seven, eight years old, um, came over to the UK with my brothers and my and my mum mainly, uh, my dad wasn't allowed in the country at the time, uh, so I actually came into the country as an immigrant uh, back in 2002 I think if I remember correctly, um, so yeah, so obviously just came looking for a better opportunity, better life and things like that. Um, obviously I was always playing football, even since back in Congo as a kid. Um, but obviously I never, I didn't know that you could have that as a profession, if that yeah, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I just thought people just played it for the fun. Jokes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to think they just did it for fun, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I never knew that like, they got paid and all this kind of stuff. So it was just like a passion of mine. Um, and like I said, just, just grew up as a normal kid, really in the UK, going to school, playing uh, football um at 11 i signed for my first sunday league team when i went with my, a friend of mine Um uh, he went for a trial at a club and i just basically went there to support but because i was on the sideline doing lots of skills and things like that <laughs> the manager came over and he's like how old are you because i'm quite i'm a, I'm a tall person because i'm six foot five now
2: yeah
1: back then i was 11 i was probably six foot back then as Man. well so um <laughs> So yeah, so he's come over. He's asked me how old I was. I told him I was eleven, and he's like, "Do you sound, do you uh, play for a team?" So I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh no, like, no, I don't. Yeah. Don't think I, I'm good enough for for a team, basically." Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, so when that's happened, I've um, obviously he's turned on to me and said, "Yeah, like, why don't you come train with us and uh, and then see see how it goes?" Um, so in the end, end up um, basically training with the team, um, and it was just. From then on, I started basically playing for a team. And everyone was, at that time, wanted to be like strikers and score the yeah. goals and stuff like that. Uh, but for me, because I just wanted to play, um, I was um, basically, I started playing as a centre-back if that, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So that was like my first position. I was playing the centre-half, um, but I was scoring a lot of goals um, and I had a, basically kind of had like a, a nick for it, a talent for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was scoring a lot of goals. And then when I went on to high school, um a friend of mine was already playing for Sheffield United Feeder Club. Okay. And okay. I got picked up there. And then basically the manager basically put me up as a striker. So I was playing as a center forward from there. Um after a while my family moved uh, to Manchester, where we mm-hmm. still living till this day. Um started playing the League again and then I got picked up at Liverpool. Uh, a scout came in when I was 13. Okay. Um and basically like said that I was very raw but he's seeing a talent there. Um, So I was quick, I was strong. I was very aggressive on the ball. Mm -hmm. I used to love running with the ball and things like that. And he said like, if they could like, sharpen that. Mould you, yeah. Yeah, yeah, mould me into something. Then I got something there. Mm -hmm. Um, So at 13, I went on trial at Liverpool. Uh, I got given a six week trial, signed after like four weeks. And then from then on, I was like fully fledged, like in the academy, I was like just over the moon. Uh, signed a two-year deal from 14 to, to 16 um, and there yeah, that was like the like my youth years like my pre um pre-youth teen years sorry hmm. yeah that was, that was the main like growing up that was kind of yeah I know all went down yeah
0: no i hear that um and then uh, you touched on liverpool as well so i guess like how was that whole academy experience how long did you spend there and then i guess why why did it come to an end and then you can shed some light on, you know, playing with, you know, Raheem Sterling and Gerard that kind of thing. Like how, yeah. how was that in, in its entirety?
1: Yeah. So the academy experience was amazing. Um, so for me, it was, um, so like I said, I signed that 13, uh, uh, contract all the way up until I was 16. Um, so when, and when I was 15, so I was in the last year of my two year deal, um, the academy was taken over by two guys, a guy called, um, Pep Segura and Rodolfo Borel, who's the Man City assistant coach right now. Um, so they've come in from Barcelona at the time. Um, uh, this was under 16, so within that year, they've, um, I think it was in like three or four games. They've obviously been watching me all preseason. I've really impressed them. I'm playing as a centre forward. I'm scoring left, right and centre. And then within the first three games of the season, I was offered a scholarship for the following two years. Um, so, signed my scholarship, um, sorry, before I signed my scholarship, they've come to my house to to speak to my parents about me moving over to Liverpool, completing my education over there, and obviously, basically, they believe that I have all the tools to basically make it as a professional player, if not at Liverpool, then they'll help me as much as possible to maintain or create a career somewhere else. Um, mm. So this is what they promised basically to my mom when yeah. they came to see me. Um, and then from then on, so I moved to Liverpool, uh, I went to a high school over there in year 11. Um, so we went to the same school uh, as I mentioned with me, uh, Raheem Sterling and a couple of other kids. Um, the, the experience in the school was, looking back and it, it was a good one, but it was like the first, the first time I've had been like faced personal, racial, uh, racial confrontation, if that makes sense. Okay, okay. Yeah, so that was the first time. Um, so obviously before that, I'd heard people be racist or whatever, not
2: yeah,
1: like from a distance or from afar and stuff, but I'd never been, I had it personally. I, like physically
0: abused at you.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and the the craziest thing about it was it was never like, Face to face in person with the kids in school, so oh, really? it was always like on social media or on the phone, or they get my number and yeah. you know what I mean. So that was what it was, but I still took it personally. Obviously, I was sixteen years old, yeah. Um, so yeah, so obviously I, I worked for a bit of that. Obviously, it was mainly through jealousy and things like that. So yeah,
0: because yeah. they knew your status, like, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah. yeah, so they knew I was at the school because of football. I'm yeah, in Liverpool. Yeah. I'd already been handed a two-year deal for the next couple of years, basically. Yeah. So I was kind of quite secure in that. Um, and yeah, so they just obviously resorted to trying to racially abuse me. Mm. Um, Raheem went through the same thing as well. Um, so with my situation, a um, kid was racially abusing me for for months on end. I didn't really respond. Wow. And then he ended up bringing a knife into school to try and basically confront me with it. Jesus. And um, that didn't go as planned. And basically the, the school got involved and Liverpool got involved. Yeah. That ended up being sorted out in court um wow. so liverpool handled that situation really well to be fair with them um, and i remember the situation with raheem as well um a kid from the same group of kids that were confronting me were trying to mm. confront him as well um one kid one time followed him home after school yeah uh, just failing abuse at him calling him all sorts of names and uh, raheem wasn't responding he kept walking and then this kid has run over and spat him. and yeah, obviously yeah. quite a long story short seen him a couple of days later with two black eyes so he's that because, was,
0: yeah you can tell yeah.
1: yeah yeah so that that was handled <laughs> that was handled accordingly um so after that liverpool uh decided to bring him out of school at the time mm. um so he was brought out of school and then after i graduated year 11 so we both started in the youth team together yeah. yeah we played in the same youth team for two years um second year he progressed on with the reserves and with the first team um i was playing reserves and youth team at a certain point. Yeah. Um and then I impressed. So actually I went before the end of the the, the, the youth team years. Uh there was a point where I, I came back from an injury and I went on loan to Barnsley for a month to get a couple of games and stuff like mm-hmm. to get myself fit. Uh so I played there with like John Stones and yeah. Ruben, Lazarus and all that and what uh so I went there. Uh, played a couple of games in a lot of clubs so I'd left Liverpool when that happened. Okay, so, and then they watched my games. I played while I was at Barnes, so a lot of clubs kept, came sniffing in yeah. after me deals left, right, and center. So it was like Leicester after me three years, Sheffield United, Sheffield Wednesday, Barnsley, Leeds, mm. uh, Derby, Nottingham Forest. Uh, there was quite a few clubs that around ran town Rotherham, uh, so it was more like Yorkshire clubs and yeah. like Midlands clubs and stuff like that. So I wanted to kind of stay up north sort of thing yeah yeah um, so yeah so when that's happened i've um basically the club of liverpool have let me know that look you've got all this interest but we don't want you to go anywhere, so we're gonna offer you a two-year deal. Okay. Um. So they offered me a two-year deal. I'm a Liverpool fan, so I was over the moon. Yeah. When that happened, because uh, at the time I was thinking if me it was something that could be a one year or whatever, and I was thinking it's unstable. Yeah. It. Yeah. So mm. I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna take it, but when they offered me the two years, I sat down with them, and negotiated the terms and mm. everything. Um. I had an agent at the time who had recently signed with. Uh, but he basically didn't come to negotiate my deal for me because he wouldn't—he wasn't getting any money out of it. Um, oh, really? Yeah, because he didn't earn me that deal, and I'd only signed with him a few weeks. Uh, he wasn't going to get anything out of it, so he kind of like bother. didn't bother. Yeah, so we just—the relationship was just not great from the from the get go.
2: Mm.
1: Um, and he—he was—he had a couple of well players now at the time now that are like England internationals and mm. stuff like that. So it's, it's it's, it's, it was a bit of a, a learning curve from early, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I signed my two-year deal. Um, I'm thinking, you know what, I'm going to come in back in next season and then just hit the ground running. I'm like, getting ready, fit, making sure like I'm right in all, all the ways possible. Yeah. Um, um, and then what ends up happening is Kenan Dalglish, who was the first team manager at the time, and he's yeah. the person that gave me my reserve team debut. He ends up getting sacked. Yeah, um, so Ken Douglas yeah. got sacked. Uh Brendan Rogers comes in. He starts sacking people left, right, and centre. Or <laughs> um, academy staff are getting sacked, first yeah. team staff are getting sacked, like it's just all madness. Um so originally I was meant to go um on loan to Belgium with Royal Antwerp. So mm. that got pulled off the table. Um and then when I come back from Royal Antwerp, I was meant to go to New York, to New York Cosmos. So it was all like first and second divisions yeah. to get basically- Getting experience, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's what was supposed to happen. And then basically that got pulled off the table. And then the Academy director at the time, a guy called Frank McParland, he said, look, like basically with a club, they don't want this to happen. I'm probably not going to be here for much longer myself, but mm. and with the way Brendan is coming in, you're an attacker your opportunities may be limited under him. So mm. I was aware of that from the minute Brendan came in. And uh, so he said, but I'm gonna help you out. I'm gonna send you on loan to Northampton for six months. So obviously you can get your games, hopefully raise up your stock as well. So that no matter what happens at Liverpool, at least you've got that experience there. Yeah, of The league is sure what you can do and this, that, the other. Mm. Um, so I went to Northampton, had a decent loan, played as a left ringer. Um, we had a pretty decent team that year because we reached the player final. Um, so I was there for six months, really. I was only really needed for, I'd say, two, three months. Yeah. Uh, but during the rest of the time, once the guy that was injured came back from injury, I didn't really play as much. But I was always in the squad, on the bench, come off the bench and stuff like that. You know what mm. I mean? So I was always involved. Um, come back from Northampton. And the the feedback I was getting from Liverpool was that um the guy at the time who now became the academy director or the reserve manager slash academy director alex Singlethorpe, mm-hmm. was looking forward to seeing me and he's like excited yeah basically he's heard good things about me so i'm like excited now thinking i've got men's football under my belt i'm gonna go back and i'm absolutely just
0: smash liverpool yeah. yeah
1: smash liverpool if brendan won't give me the opportunity to but the first thing I'm going to try and force it regardless, you know what I mean? By doing really well in the reserves and try and get even like a, a cup game in there or yeah, you know, yeah. the Carabao Cup or something like that. Um, so yes, yeah, so I was trying all, all, all sorts of things basically. But, um, so when I got back to Liverpool, within three days of me being back, uh, the new manager Alex pulls me into a meeting um, and he basically lets me know that although I had a good loan at Northampton, things have changed and I'm no longer in his plans. Um, hey. didn't give a reason just said things have changed and stuff like that which I'm like okay fair enough it's, that's your opinion fair yeah. place I said well if that's the case um, and I'm not in your plan because he said to me that my trading time with the first team would be limited okay. my game time in the reserves would be limited
0: Really? Uh, oh.
1: yeah so it basically they're, they're trying to like go after a certain type of player mm-hmm. and I've identified that I'm not that Okay. Um, so I was just like taking it in, but I was thinking, okay, this is a bit of a strange conversation. Yeah. yeah. What I was hearing previous weeks is that like, you're looking forward to see me. Yeah. yeah. And when he said that, I said, you know what, that's fair enough. You know what I mean? I appreciate you sitting me down telling me this. If that's the case, then the club um may as well like pay me off now. I don't have a problem with leaving Liverpool and going yeah. somewhere else because I've done it previously. Um and I can do it again. You know what I mean? I know clubs are interested in me. Um looking back on it now I don't think he'd liked that as an answer and mm-hmm. then he just turned around to me and said look the club aren't in a position to basically pay off right now um we'll basically see how how the season goes
0: so you just want uh, you to just chill there basically and not basically, not really play yeah
1: yeah so the remainder of that season i basically just trained i didn't play one reserve game i just for six like, at the home like just didn't yeah no reserve yeah. games played or whatever and i kind of lost my head a bit but i was like you know what i'm gonna stay focused season finished I I was meant to go on holiday I didn't even go on holiday that year I stayed home I'm like you know what this guy for some reason doesn't like me but I'm gonna do everything I can to prove him wrong to Mm -hmm. you know I mean like just because like there's been times in the past with Rodolph and them guys where they've challenged me you know what I mean when there's times where I wasn't playing and he he set a challenge to me when I was in the youth and said look you're a good Mm -hmm. player this is what you need to do to get into the club, into the team, sorry. You're not technically one of the best, whatever, but that's not your strength. You know what I mean? Your strength yeah. is strong, being quick, mm. using your pace, using the power in your final third.
2: Yeah,
1: You do that. You can make a really good career for yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's your strengths. Place your strengths, you know your what strengths, mean? Yeah. Mm. Isolate defenders in one-to-one situations and all, yeah. all that kind of stuff. So, so I knew what my strengths were. Due to the the previous year. Obviously, yeah. working with top managers and stuff like that. Um, so when that's happened um with Alex coming in, um, he's basically not telling me what I need to do to get in the squad, what I can do to improve, not like basically like no feedback at all. Yeah. Uh, so I've come back, uh, trained with Rochdale because I wanted to go on loan there for the season. Mm. Um, done really well. From what I was hearing is that like, Rochdale wanted to take me on loan for a whole season. And then, if I do well there, they'll offer me a two year deal or a three year deal, depending on how well I've done after I leave Liverpool, basically. Yeah. So I've like thinking, okay, great. Packed up all my bags, thinking I'm going to go back to Manchester, stay at my mum's, stay close to my family. Yeah. Like have that support whilst I'm, you know what I mean? Paying for Rochdale, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I'm thinking that's great, like perfect scenario for me.
0: Use the hashtag BTHpod on all socials to continue the discussion.
1: So whilst I'm waiting for this Rochdale move to get finalised, I get a call and I'm being told that I'm no longer going to Rochdale and I'm going to go up to Scotland to Partick Thistle. Um,
0: Where's that come from?
1: Yeah, literally, that's what I was like. Where's that come from? Because, like, you know what I mean? Like, I I don't know where that came from. Yeah. Out of the blue. Um so it came out of nowhere Um, and then the next minute I've um, yeah so next minute I've basically the next morning I'm on a train basically going to Scotland, going to Partick so didn't know what I was going on really I've got to the train station, got a taxi to the club, I arrive at the club and next minute it's just like paparazzi everywhere taking pictures of me, I'm thinking whoa okay maybe this is a a big deal you know what I mean and things like that and um, so yeah so that's happened and then i have met the manager and he's telling me like look i've watched you last season when you was in northampton i think you're a really good young player i think you'll do really well up in scotland with your pace your power your physicality you'll be mm. like you'll do really well i want you to be one of the main guys for my team literally like as we were walking after yeah. signing the papers and stuff like that so i'm thinking like okay this could be really could be something, something. To me. yeah yeah i do really well um so I played a couple of he said, well, the manager said to me he wanted me to play as a number nine. I played a couple of games in preseason. I played some in number nine, some in the left wing, or whatever not. But yeah. i done really well. Felt fit, felt sharp. Um, first game of the season, I'm really positive thinking I'm gonna start. Yeah. So I've paid for like, all my family to come up. Come so yeah. uh, Playing against Dundee United. Basically, didn't start, I was on the bench. Um drew that game 0 nil, nil I didn't come on. Oh wow. Uh, then after that. The manager like so. Yeah, don't worry. There's plenty of games in the other time. Like, oh, okay, cool. Stay focused. Yeah, the ball and just get ready for the next one. Yeah. So in the midweek, we played against a team that we'd already beaten pre-season in a cup game. Um Full time, it was nil nil. He's brought me on after extra time. Uh, we end up winning. I think it was like one nil or something like that. How's yeah. involved like the goal and stuff? So we've won. when I've as we were leaving the club, paparazzi again. Oh, you've done well. How are you feeling? Mm. Like I'm like yeah, like. Glad to get my first couple of minutes for the club, obviously, hoping to kick on. And then the, that second, so the second weekend of the season, we've travelled up to uh, Ross County. It was uh, sort of like in the ways up, up north, Like it's, so it's three hours from, from Glasgow. So it's like right at the top of Scotland. So we travelled there the day before, uh, get there and then manager didn't say anything to me. It was fine. I'm thinking I'm going to play at least a half or something. The next morning, uh, we get arrived right at the stadium. Everyone's on the pitch as we're going in. The manager calls me over. So I'm thinking, okay, this could be maybe him telling me that I'm going to start, so yeah. I'm to be shocked or whatever. You know what I mean? Because that's usually what happens if you're going to start. If you don't already know, then the manager would like give you a pre-warning sort of yeah. thing. Um, and the next one, so he's, he's pulled me over and asked me how I felt I did on Wednesday. I said, like, it was okay. I only played 10, 15 minutes, but it was good mm. to finally get out there. Mm. And he said, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, but we're going to try something different today and you're not in the squad. Um, so it was just, I was just like, from the minute he said that, I just like, blanked out. Like,
2: yeah.
1: I just blanked out. Like, it was just, yeah, blanked out. I think that game, we lost like 2 nil, And after that, I was just never in the squad again. Um, and I was traveling all up and down Scotland. We was getting battered. Like, I mean, there was one game we got beat in winter, like November times, traveled to, up to Dundee, cold, like, <laughs> got beat 5-0. Two weeks later, we went up to Aberdeen, which is even further up, Yeah. Using cold, got beat 5-0 again. Like, it was just, we was getting hammered left, right, and center, and I'm not even in the squad, so I'm not even Mad. on the bench. Well, before that, in Northampton, I was making a bench, coming on. And yeah, then yeah. Northampton had a way better squad and a better team. Yeah. Than, than these guys, you yeah. Know so, what it's, mean? so it's and not um, making sense at all. Yeah. Yeah, at all. So like, so it just the whole thing was just not adding up. Um, and then whilst I was there, even the players asking me like, "You're doing well in training. Why aren't you playing?" And you fill out like the manager. I'm like, no, mm. the manager just keeps saying, telling me to wait my for my opportunity. Mm. Um. I'm calling Liverpool, texting Alex. He's telling me to stay up in Scotland. If I come back, I'm going to get punished. I'm going to get suspended. I'm going to get fined. All these things is threatening me, basically, with it. So I'm staying up obviously because I'm like, I don't want to lose money, basically. That's the only thing I've got at the moment. Um,
0: So it sounded like there's an underlying reason, though, why you're kind of getting pushed around like this.
1: I wish I had one. Until this day, I don't know. Um, (laughs) But there's some new information that came out a couple of days ago, which I'll I'll share with you in a minute. Yeah. Um, So yeah so like he's Alex is telling me to stay up uh luckily one of this coaching staff because like I said I'm I got I get on with everyone you know what I mean so when the coaches mm-hmm. came to me uh there was a period where I was injured for like a week or two uh when the coaches staff came to me and he was like oh like but when you're back fit why haven't you been playing you just spoke to the manager he fell out and I said well I was hoping you could tell me you know what I mean because you're on the coaches." staff yeah yeah He said okay give me a couple of days I'll find out and I'll let you know yeah and then when he's come back to me and he said to me that. The reason I'm not playing is not down to the manager. It's above him. It's to do with the chairman and someone at Liverpool. Basically, I was sent up here, and part it didn't ask for me. Um, so, so the whole thing when the manager was telling me about, oh yeah, what shit not fancy you don't. Yeah, you nah, it, nonsense. It was, yeah, li- it was lies basically. So it was yeah. lying to me. Um. So basically, I was lying to kids basically by the sounds of it. Um, yeah. And then they brought me up here basically not to play. Um. Basically, lower down my market value because it shut up when I was at not uh, North Yeah, Anthony. Northampton.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: come back. So then now because I've not played in the Scottish Prem, which there's more like highlight on it than League Two and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, so because I've not played there, more people have been like keeping an eye on me. So like, my market value shut down. Yeah. Um. Next thing, like I'm basically like not playing, not playing, not playing, and the next minute I get a call. So this bit is quite important. So now I kind of knew exactly what happened. Uh, so I get a call from one of the people at Liverpool. It's someone that I still speak to to this day. He's said to me, oh, I'm going to come up and see you tomorrow. Um, I'm just teach you about something. Mm. Um, so he's came up the next day and he's basically told me that basically the club have decided that they're, they're going to basically pay me off and release me. Yeah. Um, basically saying that because I've not played uh, up in Scotland. Um, it's It's basically... The position they're in now as a club i have not basically done what they wanted me to do. Um, and they basically don't want to pay me off. Mm-hmm. Um, so when that's happened, obviously, what I found out was basically they wanted to let me know this by the phone. So Alex wanted to call me on the phone yeah. to let me know that I'm getting released. Mm-hmm. But the person that came came up to see me, he's someone that was a coach. Um, at the time, he was like the education and welfare manager. Okay. Of the club. Yeah. He's now his role now at Liverpool is head of player care. So that's kind of like, yeah. yeah. Being, yeah so he's now like involved in like, if that was happening in this day and age, it wouldn't happen because he's there basically. But yeah, then, yeah, he was like in a different kind of role, like education and stuff like that. Mm. But because I've known him since I was 13. He had a personal
0: relationship kind of.
1: Yeah, the yeah. personal relationship with him. He was like, no, I'm not going to let this happen. Yeah. You guys can't like let him know that he's getting released on a phone call. Yeah, okay, yeah. Right? that's that's not right i'm not i'm not letting that happen because mm. and he took time at himself and said like i'm gonna um basically go up and speak to him so he's yeah. come up told me obviously they're gonna pay me off and i said look i appreciate you coming up but we'll we'll speak about it when i'm back in january this is what i've said because my loan is up in january something yeah. yeah january comes back we'll we'll speak about it then um and then obviously he's left, said, so take care, whatever. And then next thing, uh, a couple of days later, uh, Partick, the manager pulls me in for a meeting. And then he's saying, um, things haven't really happened to you up here the way we wanted it to. Um, so we spoke to Liverpool and basically we're going to terminate your loan early. This is like early December. Wow. Um, so just got basically, like Liverpool don't expect you back in until uh, January.
0: Wow. So what are you supposed to do? Just
1: I just basically said just go home. They basically said to me, go home. This is what the manager said to me. Like I remember very clearly said, go home and spend Christmas with your family, <laughs> and then just go back to Liverpool in in January.
0: So mad. And you're like, and how old are you now? You're like early um, twenties? 19,
1: Nineteen, no, just just turned twenty. Sorry, that year yeah. just turned twenty in the November. So I'm, even though I'm twenty, I'm still a kid, really. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I'm, like out. Uh, so, um, so they've turned. Turned and said that to me. Um, so they basically said, yeah, so as of tomorrow, you can go back. Basically, so the manager said to himself, like, whoa, okay. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I yeah. just packed up my bags, went back to Manchester, stayed at my mom's, um during Christmas. And I remember getting a call a couple of days before Christmas saying, I'm going to have to go back to Liverpool on Boxing Day, I think it was, because the reserves got a game. I can't remember if it was between Boxing Day and New Year's, or it was just after New Year's, but basically they, they had a game. Yeah. Um, and they wanted me back to training so I'm thinking well am I going to play or what's going on you yeah, know what well, I mean? yeah come back didn't play any the games obviously just training again mm. so it's cut off my Christmas short as well and my New Year's didn't
0: but to just not just even play
1: even, yeah to not even play just to train um January comes and at the time I used to be a Congo youth international mm. um and then I've basically got selected to go to the African nations of the under 20s for Congo. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would have been the captain as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But, well, I was was gonna say Liverpool, it was actually Alex, who basically turned around to me and said, he basically saying, I can't go because Congo Mm -hmm. didn't wanna pay for my uh, travel and things like that. I'm like, well, I don't need them to, I've got my own money to pay With how they work. They will give me the money back. Anyway, you know what I mean? Yeah, Uh, yeah. In previous years when I'd I'd travelled, Liverpool had paid for my travel, you know what I mean? Yeah, And then when Congo would like want to basically pay, they just give me the money back anyway because Liverpool's like, look, it's a good opportunity for you. We want to get your exposure out there. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So Liverpool used to do that anyway when it was under certain coaches. Yeah, but now... Yeah, yeah. so now it's just, yeah, so it's just all crazy. Uh, Yeah, so Alex (laughs) has turned around to me and he said, um, it doesn't basically... Basically, doesn't want me. Well, let me know what I Basically, I can't go to the African nations, yeah, because of the traveling issue. But I'm like, I can sort that out myself. I'm getting paid more than enough from the club, so that's not a problem. And then, plus, Congo will pay me. I'm only paying the flight to Belgium, yeah, and then they'll pay the flights to to wherever it is in Africa that we was going. I think I don't know if it was Guinea or somewhere that year, yeah, yeah. they'd pay from Belgium to there. So, I'm only paying like 150 pounds, not much, you know what I mean. Um. But yeah, he's basically turned around to me and said no. Um, so I've missed out on an opportunity. that like, yeah, bearing in mind Liverpool are trying to pay me off and release me. Yeah, I've missed out on the opportunity to um, basically go away with Congo and basically um, get put myself in a shop window. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So I know a lot of people would probably say, "Oh, why do not you take the pay off and get released at Liverpool and then go away with Congo?" But with how it happened, it was a short notice kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It was like we want you there next week or whatever in two yeah. weeks or something. So with how it would have happened, if I was to play the African Nations, I'm still a kid. So i I'm, I'm learning on the job as it mm-hmm. happened. And if I was to go to my, my plan was to go to African Nations as a Liverpool player. Yeah, show what I can do, but also when people look they'd see that I've got six months left on my contract, and as a twenty year old, they could come in and get you for free yeah for free yeah exactly so or if i come back to liverpool i just took off my payoff and then sign somewhere else or yeah something like that. yeah I mean, yeah i didn't mind going abroad so if a team in france belgium wherever I yeah came. i didn't mind all that so um but yeah they said no uh so they ruined that chance w- 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 uh, for me and then after that um it just basically started making me train with the youth team mm. uh, like just training all the time constantly just yeah and then the worst thing was is on on days after training, he'd pull me aside and he'd be like, "Why aren't you um like basically? Why are you still at the club?" He'd be asking me, "Why haven't you taken the well, payoff? Alex would Alex would yeah. say, Why are you still at the club? Why haven't you taken the payoff? Yeah, you know you're not gonna play. You know you're not gonna get any chances. This is what he's literally saying to yeah, me he's like." Yeah. Sometimes in his office, sometimes as a walking, sometimes in corridor, no pit, yeah. Like yeah, yeah, corridors, like for meetings. It was constant, just basically putting pressure on me to yeah. this, you know, pay off, you know what I mean? But these times, I know that if I leave now because I've not played, like no one's going to want to sign me right now. Yeah, so yeah. I'm, I'm behind the scenes, I'm trying to make connections and contacts with clubs that previously showed interest in me, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Uh, so I've done that, I've managed to do that, and eventually I took like a small payoff. It was literally nothing mm. uh, done that. And I had a couple of clubs interested. So I had like Sheffield United uh, saying to me, come in and they had a deal on the table that I could sign. And um, so that I'd be moving back to Sheffield at that point. Um, I had Barry offering me a trial. I had Leighton Orient offering me a trial. I had like one or two other clubs, but we didn't really understand what like we've... The, the, Leighton Orient at first sounded very serious. Yeah. Very close to, close to home. Sheffield United was back home and it's a big club. So I was like, I really wanted to, 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 to exercise those offers. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that year I've gone on holiday, came back, like, cause I said to you before the previous, year I didn't go on holiday. Cause I was like, yeah, oh, yeah you're,
0: oh. you're training. Yeah. Yeah. Well yeah, so that,
1: that year, as soon as the season, well, even a season, as soon as I got paid off, went on holiday, but I come back before the end of the season, um, basically just working hard, working hard, got myself fit. Um, and then we've gone to the, to basically to go for the Sheffield United, mm. um, contract will get there. And basically they said, they just pulled the deal off the table.
0: Well, um, Sheffield, Sheffield pulled the deal yeah, off. Yeah.
1: They didn't give a reason. They just said that they're, they looking at other, other players, basically for so the deal that they had for me, was pulled off the table. Right. This is, people, you know, this, this yeah. pattern
0: is sounding very, very mad.
1: Yeah. So that's happened. And then a couple of weeks later as, um, I've basically, we spoke to Barry, so Barry wanted me in. Um, so next thing, I've gone into Barry on that morning and then there's a couple of kids on trial there. So when we've gone there, um, the manager time, a guy called Kevin Blackwell. So he's there. Oh yeah, I remember so, Kevin, yeah. yeah. So Kevin Blackwell was like getting all the trialists in to, to speak to them in the morning. I think it was like seven or eight of us on trial. Um, so when it was my turn, I think I was like maybe like the fourth or the fifth one. Um, so when that's happening, he's 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 shouted, next. So the next person's coming, so it was me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he goes, so I walk in he's like, yeah, Mackenzie, sit down, leave the door open. <laughs> well, before that, it was, everyone else had a grinning, they was closing the door, closing the door, so yeah, no, I was like, yeah. leave it open. So I'm thinking, okay. So I sat down and he goes, right, I've heard a lot of good things about you, like, but like, not like screaming, but it's like kind of like shouting. Yeah,
0: like, like, like he raised his voice, basically. He like, raises his yeah.
1: voice, like speaking a bit aggressively to me, yeah. which I'm just like, okay, a bit weird, but, Whatever in it, you know, what yeah. I mean? Um, and then next minute, he's just like, Yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about you, You're a good player, this, that, the other, but I know you've got a lot of, um, uh, a lot of issues, a lot of problems with your attitude. Um, so when he said that, I was thinking, Fox, like, he's he's basically thinking, I'm my I'm brother. So yeah. said, I'm sorry, Gaffer, but I think you may have me mistaken for my brother because my brother at the time was playing in the league as well with Macclesfield, mm-hmm. and he goes, No this is what I mean, don't answer me back. Like, he's just like yelled at me, and I'm thinking, yeah. like, okay, like I just kept quiet then. And then he's turned around to me and he said, so originally before we went in, he, from what we 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 understood is that I was there for a week and if yeah. I do well, I'd go for the two-year deal. He's now turned around to me and said, you're here for three to, three to four days. Um And basically, if you do well, I'm offering you a one-year deal. So he's basically pulled back on the whole- Everything, thing. yeah, yeah. yeah so, and yeah, so it is like, yeah not go and get changed, we're out in 20 minutes or whatever. So I've gone in and got changed, and then we've gone out to, to train. Um, whilst training, he's making me do exercises of like, I'll, I've gone in as a striker, but he's making me do exercises of like defenders. defenders. And fielders, you know? So he's not giving me a right, the right chance or the right opportunity. Yeah. Um, after like three days, he's pulled me aside, and said, yeah, it's not really working. I've not seen what I've wanted from you. So obviously, yeah, so yeah. I didn't get, really get an opportunity. And then next minute, a couple of weeks later, we speak to uh it was Russell Slade it was at the time. Yeah. The yeah. Uh so we're thinking I'm gonna go down to, to London for a week or two, ten days. Do do my thing there. Like, you know, what I mean, do give it the best I can. I think I was in League One at the time doing really well. Uh a couple of days before I was meant to go down, Russell Slade gives me a call and he's like, same thing. With Kendi, how are you doing? I'm like, good, good. But then same thing like Kevin Blackwell said. I should... good you're a good player but I've heard about your attitude so when you come here I want you to do this I was, after that when that's happened I've called the agent I'm like look like it's the same pattern again so yeah. it's going on. I don't know what it is but I don't want to put myself in that situation because if the same thing happens again and it's going to affect me you know what I mean yeah yeah and so I didn't end up going to and Orient but off the basis of the, the manager already had me like if like he already had a a bad sure about you. Yeah. yeah, 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 already. So like, I know I'm already at a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I didn't end up going there. After that, I remember like sending emails to literally every single club from Premier League or the yeah. to Conference, oh, begging wow. for trials. Wow. And like, not one club got back to me. Jesus. Not one club. So there's like a hundred teams between the Prem and the yeah,
0: Conference, yeah, yeah.
1: Literally like not one club got back to me. Um, one of the things that they did at Liverpool as well, which is a bit foul, um, was we used to have like profiles online of like all our games and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, while I was on loan, my profile was somehow deleted. Um, when the new, cause there was a new guy that came in, like a new, like video guy. basically. Yeah. Yeah. He somehow lost all my files somehow. Yeah. I'm like, well, don't you have hard copies? And he's like, oh, well, that was the last guy who had the hard copies. And da-da. like, so I couldn't Smart. exactly even, I couldn't even have like videos of me between under 16 to reserves. Like reserves, then, yeah, yeah. Yeah, playing because of what happened. Um, so yeah, so like I couldn't, you know what I mean? So I was basically having to beg people by word of mouth and say, Yeah, I'm literally,
0: yeah, no evidence. And exactly,
1: have you got a video? Well, no. No. You know what I mean? And it's like, well, what's going on? You know what I mean? So I was at a disadvantage already. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of months after that I went back to Scotland again um to basically give it give it a go. Uh, when that's happened, um it was a team called FC Chemists. So I've gone there, um trained. I think at the time I was training, like this was my baby like my third or fourth day of training with the first team doing really well. But because I'm not signed, I w I wasn't allowed to play. I think it was like a cup game they had. Mm-hmm. Um so the next one, I trained with the reserves, um, even though I was gonna be a first-team player anyway, um, like I, I was absolutely smashing it, doing really well there. Yeah. Um, but while I was training with the reserves, um, basically one of the players ended up calling me the N-word during oh, training.
0: What, teammates, yeah?
1: Yeah, yeah, so not just once, but he said it like three or four times. Oh, wow. Like- Was that like out loud in
0: front of everyone or like little Yeah, dicks? yeah, out
1: loud. Oh. first time he said it, a couple of the other players laughed but I try to ignore it. This is how yeah. bad it is. Like I try to ignore it. Cause I'm like, I'm like, you know what? I'm not even here for him Yeah, yeah, yeah. anyway. Like I'm with the first team, like let me, let me ignore it. And a couple minutes later, he said it again, and said it again, and said it again, within like a space of a few minutes. And I just see red um, mm. when that's happened. I just see red have ended up like basically taking the kid to the ground. Yeah, yeah. And like, basically strangled him yeah. and I've like, got in, went in, I didn't even get showered, just put my clothes on, went back to the hotel, text the agent, I'm like, look, I don't want, like, I don't want to sign at this club.
0: Yeah. How, yeah.
1: how am I getting treated like this with no one like stepping in? I'd, yeah. i would yeah. lost my head, and I was—it was a lot of anger, a lot of frustration over what, what had been happening in previous months as well. Yeah, um, yeah. Because the agent, he, he at the time he was in Belgium, and he was going to come over to Germany at the time. Yeah. Uh, he was obviously begging me, saying, "Look, the club actually do want to sign you. They're offering you a two-year deal, on like whatever money he said it was this, that, the other." Like, please don't make that decision to to basically say no because they really, really do like yeah, and they, you know, basically a lot of things. Yeah, but... but at that time I'd, yeah, had just seen, because I, I was saying to myself, like, I'm not going to be able to accept an apology. Mm. At that time I was 20 years old, I was very angry. Yeah, like, yeah. Obviously how things were happening in my life at that time, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm like, I'm not going to be able to accept an apology for him intentionally, racially abusing me. Yeah, And God. if I also see him again in and around the training ground, I'm gonna to have to say something or do yeah. something. So I don't wanna put myself in that In situation. that environment, so, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But so after that, I was like, look, just I'm paying my own flights. I'm going home basically. Yeah. Um, looking back on it now, obviously I'm much more older. I do kind of regret not taking that deal because the club itself, the setup, everything was really good. Mm. Um, but obviously at the same time, I shouldn't have to deal with racism,
0: no, absolutely, in a game
1: yeah. like football, well, yes. it, well, anyway.
0: Like, as in, like, yeah. if, if I got like racially right. abused in my like workplace and you know, no one was really intervening, like, yeah, you can't help feeling that type of way to not mm-hmm. like not want to be in that environment again and literally, yeah. like, say, mm-hmm. okay, now I'm switching jobs. Like, yeah, even yeah. if they yeah, apologize, right. like, it's mm-hmm. not enough to make me want to come back and yeah. be in that environment,
1: exactly. Yeah, so the way I looked at it, I thought, you know, I like, yeah, I got. Like, it's not something that, especially from a teammate as well, like, shouldn't mm, be. Exactly. You know what I mean? so, it's mad. Yeah, so the whole thing was just to get mad.
0: Hey, hey, you, Insta's finest. Make sure you're following us at Beyond the Hashtag Underscore to get them fire visuals.
1: Um, so I've come back, um, and then after that, I was just playing like, cause basically no clubs and no like professional clubs, which were interesting. So I was just yeah. basically jumping around from non-league teams, hmm. jumping around everywhere from non-league to non-league. And then, um, I got an opportunity to go, well, an opportunity. like I was just stressed at that point, went abroad, um, to Paris for a bit, cause my dad lives in France. Uh so lived in Paris for a few months, well, so a few months well, almost a year. Yeah. Uh, I was there training with a couple of clubs, getting fit, I uh, got the opportunity to train um with PSG, mm-hmm. uh, with the reserves at the time, trained a couple of times, played a game, um, done really well, scored two, and then mm-hmm. this was like towards the end of the season. Um, they've come to me saying we really liked what we've seen. Um, we'll basically in the new season in a couple, which is like six weeks, we'll be in touch with you to let you know how it goes. Um so when that's happened, I've still stayed fit, but then I've come back to the UK and I'm working with a certain agent. He's now telling me that um at this time I'm 21. Yeah. Uh, he's now telling me that Stoke and Newcastle are interested in me. Okay. and um, they want to bring me in, I'll be training with the first team playing reserves. I'll get the opportunity because of my size and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. They've seen me like like they think that they could obviously with me being at Liverpool so many years, and know that obviously show that I'm a good player and with me being six or five then it's something that I'm basically their kind of player they'll say yeah yeah um so obviously I'm there um I'm basically like yes yeah, so I'm basically there and um and then they've turned on to me like oh yeah like we've gone on to I think we went to Stoke first spoke to them they went up to Newcastle a couple of days later, I spoke to them and they're like, yeah, yeah, like just give us some time. Like we'll we'll, we'll put the package together to offer it to you. Yeah, and they're yeah. I'm basically there waiting for the offer from mm-hmm. from these guys, Stone yeah. and Newcastle. And then my dad gets back to gets back to me and said, look, PSG have come back. Um and they're saying they are basically want you to come back and do a medical oh wow. And they want to sign you. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, there's no real guarantees. Um
0: first team football and stuff, yeah. yeah, so
1: yeah. reserves, uh, But also this the mind frame that I was in, I wanted to prove people in England wrong. This is true. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? So like I mean my I mean my feelings now at this point yeah. in my head. <laughs> um but like I'm like, nah, like I've been done dirty in England. Yeah. If yeah. I go to France, maybe no one because social media wasn't what it was, it is now back no, then. Yeah. You know what mm. I mean? For so the exposure and stuff like that. So I was like, nah, like no one's gonna be no one's gonna see me like if I'm like playing my reserve games or whatever, because I remember like we had the LFC TV and stuff like that, so the exposure was massive. Yeah. Like no one's going to see me out there. And did, like, it was all these things where I wish I had like someone like me now. Advising? Like, uh, advising me properly. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? So obviously my dad's like, nah, nah, come back, come back. I'm just like, oh dad, like, but these two are, uh, I think I can't remember if the one of them was in a prem at the time, one was in the championship or something, I can't remember. Yeah, uh, is, what like, year so, was it? Two thousand and
0: fifteen. Okay, so I think I can't remember if you Newcastle had to come back up, I think Stoke were in the premier but you...
1: yeah, I think Stoke were in the premier, Newcastle was in the champ, I think. Yeah, yeah. I correctly. Um I think yeah, I think I'm sure that's what it was. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but they're like, yeah, like basically like they're telling me to wait and then psg telling me to come in now, but I'm like trying to buy as much time my dad. I'm like, oh dad, just give me a couple of days, give me a couple of days, give me mm. a couple of days. Give me a couple of days, turn it into a week, turn it into two weeks, turns to a month. Now it's in August. Now it's like Season's you know, starting. Yeah, season's almost starting. I'm like saying to this agent, like, "Yo, what's going on? Like, I need to make a decision because PSG are like basically begging for me to come in." Yeah, you know I mean? yeah. I've done really, really well. Next minute, my dad gets back to me. They've pulled out the deal. They've signed another striker. Yeah, um, in the academy who won the reserve. Sorry, um, and then. I'm still waiting on this agent with the-, with the Stoke with in the, Newcastle. Stoke in Newcastle. Next thing, you know, season starts. I don't hear nothing. Mm. We speak to them, they're like, oh yeah, just transfer deadline because you're a free agent. Uh, we don't need to trans- sign you by a certain time. Let's just see who we sign and we will know what we need to offer you then because we can sign you at any time, basically. Mm. They're trying to like sort out of the transfer thing, but I'm like, and I'm like oh, okay, I'm going to be like patient. I'm like, so, obviously, from the chats we had with him, it sounded positive. Yeah, but- but yeah. next thing, yeah, so obviously, but like I said, at this time, I'm 21, you know what I mean? I'm in yeah, family, yeah. I um, and the next minute, Chancellor Window goes, a Couple of, a week passes, I'm trying to message this agent. The agent disappears, ghosts. Bruh. Like, just ghosts, like, wow. blocks me on social media. <sighs> what? Blocks my number, like, just ghosted, like, just disappeared. Wow. Literally just ghosted, so it was, yeah, it was a bit mad. Um, so when that happened, I'm just like, I've just lost my head, Like mm. my head just gone. Um, a couple of months later, I'm trying to, like, figure out my own ways. and play for different non-league teams, but non-league football is not really for me. Uh, because since the age of like 12 13, I've been used to training every single day. Yeah. But now, to train twice a week in the evening and I play on a Saturday. Yeah, it, just to, yeah, yeah. I it sounds weird, but I can't get motivated for that. You know what I mean? So when I'm on a pitch on a Saturday, I'm not motivated to perform, you know, I'm not yeah, I mean? I yeah. I, I, my head's just not in it. So mm. I'm not going to perform at all. Um, and then the next thing was um, a couple of months later, one of my friends who I was at Liverpool with, he's now at Swindon, um, he'd left before the new guy came and took over. So he'd already been there for a few years. Uh, he, he managed to sort me out uh, to get me in touch with a manager. spoke with the manager. He wants me to come in on trial. We spoke about that contracts and what they can offer me and this that. The other guy called Mark Cooper. I had a good chat with him, good guy. And then a couple of days before me going on trial, Mark Cooper calls me again and says um, the chairman doesn't want me coming in. Basically, um, I'm thinking, okay, like I didn't give it, really give it a reason, but he said chairman doesn't want me coming in. A couple of days later, Liverpool have sent a couple of players uh, on loan to Swindon, um, so I'm thinking, okay, that's a bit strange. And then a week or so after that, one of my teammates who went through something similar with me at Liverpool, his agent, uh, I was telling him about what happened, his agent was like, yeah, that's because of the chairman of the club at Swindon. It's good mates with your old reserve manager at Liverpool. Um, And he's passed on the problem. Yeah. Yeah, yeah." yeah. So he even gave him a call. um, And I heard him on the... the, um, on the on the phone basically saying yeah he's not gonna basically let me come on trial because i'm ex-liverpool and he doesn't want to touch me uh right. Yeah. so the whole that thing have been blacklisted tried. yeah yeah basically i'd yeah, basically been blacklisted so the whole thing was just a bit, bit mad basically to say the least um and then that's when it started making sense i was like, okay so when it starts to same thing that happened at berry at Layton orient at sheffield united at, Plenty of probably other clubs as well, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. What usually like happens with these clubs is before they take me on, they'll contact Liverpool. What was he like? And you of know course, what I mean? yeah, I yeah. Football, everyone knows each other, so yeah,
2: you
1: know what I mean? So like i start to understand it from then but because i was still in my head about trying to prove people wrong i, I just kept trying to go and chill here and there and as yeah, so you and keep fighting was, yeah, yeah yeah i was yeah. trying to fight for years but looking back on the other probably made a decision to, to to stop from back then you know yeah I mean? yeah just because looking back on it now i didn't really achieve anything in that time and mm-hmm. um, but then that's when like the depression comes in the mental health because everyone else that you was with in the reserves and i progressing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if not playing for the first team in, uh, uh, back at Liverpool, then I'll play first teams everywhere else in league. Yeah, one, like championship. championship. Yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah. So now I'm in my head. I'm thinking, oh like that should be me as well. Like I'm happy for them. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. But My up- where, like, where's my opportunity? You know, no. so, like, my, head, my head is gone. Like I'm now I'm not even training. I'm not going to gym. Yeah, After myself. I've lost a lot of weight like i'm sleeping throughout the day waking up staying up all night, night yeah like,
0: no this is my one
1: day. see me I'm, yeah. like, none of my friends like the, the whole thing was just it was just a whole mess um for a year like literally that, that went on for me but like i'd say like a year or two like just that that consistent cycle like lost my head didn't know what to do next Whether it's a job and stuff like that, so yeah it took me years to kind of snap out of that and then to, to then build on from there, you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, to try and get help to try and go and see um, a therapist to go and see because it, you know what I mean. I didn't want to acknowledge that I was going through depression, yeah, so yeah, anxiety about all the things that happened, you know what I mean? Um, and it's like I could go deeper into it, but we'd be here for hours, like, yeah, about, no, bro, you know? yeah. So, it was like it's just a lot of stuff that was for a 20 21 year old kid to be going, yeah, to go, no guidance or help was it's too much i mean and these things yeah. shouldn't be happening in football but sadly they still happen till this day yeah uh, and then obviously like i said years had passed and i was i'm slowly getting help here and there and then it was mainly up until last year uh the lockdown mm-hmm. and so I, was, I started planning the podcast because i was thinking you know what i think it's probably time to tell my story yeah yeah and um, just because it may help some kids then this absolutely is like, this is like first lockdown so this is like april times when i started planning my podcast um yeah. which i want to eventually turn into a full media company yeah um and the next minute when the news season started or i think it was around october times where there was a tragic news of the kid at city uh jeremy whiston
0: jeremy Wiston, yeah, yeah
1: yeah so when i heard that that like really really triggered you. me yeah like, yeah rocked me big like big time like really 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 mm. triggered me because you know just looking at a picture of himself i could see myself in him you yeah know what I mean? yeah like young kid like local lad you know what i mean so, yeah yeah. yeah
0: same north. sort of area in the north as well black north yeah
1: yeah and then mate might as well my stepbrother knows him as well so oh, as well. Wow. it's a close to home kind of thing so yeah um yeah so that just like really really rocked me and i was like you know what i've got like I've got a duty of care mm. for me. I definitely have to tell my story, you know what I mean? Just yeah. to show these kids that it's not the end, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I've been there, I've been in dark places, it's not it's literally not the end. Like now the opportunities that I'm being presented with off the back of my podcast are unbelievable. Yeah. You know what I mean? I could in the future create a career that will probably be more a lot more successful than if I ever played football. Hey, football,
0: any, yeah. You know, yeah. What I mean at
1: any level. So like and then once I did start the podcast even with, with the, with the sharky one and stuff the amount of kids that hit me up is mm-hmm. ridiculous till this day till it, like I get yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. like 10, daily 10, basically 10,
1: yeah daily yeah till now my like the requests of my dms are just yeah, like, ridiculous yeah kids that are playing for some of the biggest clubs in the world like the Chelsea's and the Liverpool Man United like mm. hitting me up saying look what you said is right, I'm going through this, That do you have any advice? Mm. Or I, I was going through this last year, and you know what I mean? So it's a lot of things and I look at it, and I'm like, I'm happy I'm able to do it now, but I look at it and also I think if, let's say obviously it would have been difficult because it was in lockdown, but if someone like a Jeremy would have heard and seen my podcast, maybe, oh, you is know there. what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. That is one of the things that I'm trying to do now to reach out to kids before it's too late. Yeah, they yeah. Make- wrong decisions at clubs to give them guidance while still in the clubs because the most important thing is to try and stay in full-time football because once yeah. you leave that it's difficult like, yeah it's, it's hell basically um so now so i'm like i'm working and speaking on the mental health side of things but also on mindset um, mm. and i think in the academy that's one thing they don't really work work on with players and yeah mm-hmm. how to carry yourself how to do this or whatever, you know what i mean and i've even though i didn't hit the heights that i wanted to i'm mm. still able to experience playing high level football training with certain like high level individual well, world-class players yeah like, like
0: gerard or, right
1: gerard Luis yeah. suarez Coutinho, storage like I mm. trained with the first time, couple of times i like, was on like i got to see it firsthand yeah trained with Raheem from a young age yeah trained with conor cody from a young age
2: mm.
1: played with together for years you know what i mean from the time i was 14 15 um John Stones played. Yeah, mostly, yeah. Kids, mm. Harry Maguire, Sheffield United. Like all these players that are now play for England and yeah, yeah. Kyle Walker was one of my next door You know what I mean? So yeah, all yeah. these things from like young, I, I I can. But it's it's there's a mindset that goes yeah. with it as well. You know what I mean? That all these people have and they've got it in common. It's all different types. Is it's it's like they're all a bit different in terms of what, what it is mm. but it's all different attributes that different people have that makes them succeed no longer yeah. because it's well all good and well having an ability but there's thousands of kids each year that don't make it that have crazy ability yeah, like, there's, yeah there's it's all up people. here it's all, all up, up there and yeah. if you don't have it in your head you'll never make it yeah literally you won't be able to hit and i think i was destroyed once that went mm. you know what i mean like th- that once that was gone then like finished, you know. What yeah. I mean? um, so that's yeah. why with a lot of players now, I, I I literally more than anything, I always say to them, look, I'm not going to make you a better player in terms of your ability.
2: Yeah.
1: But you can make yourself a better player in terms of your mentality, mindset, yeah. which mindset, which will in turn help you to do the things that you do best more frequently, Fre- and yeah, more, yeah, more consistently. You know what I mean? Mm. If you can fine tune your mind and yeah. you're doing the best things that you can do frequently. Then that makes you a better player, you know? What yeah, I mean? absolutely. Like yeah. Ronaldo and Messi, they're the best players in the world because they do the things that they're best at
0: over and over and over. Exactly. And over.
1: exactly. Yeah. So it's not like that they're doing ridiculous things. You, you see it here and there, like where there'll be certain players, like like I don't know maybe are hard towns and a winger, like, that certain wingers in the Premier, yeah. they'll go on a crazy run. Yeah. And you'll be like, wow, that was amazing but they can't do that over and over and over again. Yeah. Well, Messi does. Why and Why is that? It's because it's a mindset thing. Yeah, you know? yeah. And you find like, and that it takes years to build, you know what I mean? Mm. If you can build that from a young age, by the time you make making a pro, then like the world is your oyster, you know what I mean? And that's what I try to preach to like players now. So like, even though obviously i've got a normal job now finally um i also on the side i'm looking to work as a um as a football consultant so any matter okay. whether it's helping players um like i said mentally uh psychologically whether even like putting them in touch with like fitness coaches and things yeah, like yeah yeah every, every little aspect. thing
0: yeah yeah
1: every every aspect of football to do with like with like, even um, like player safety, welfare, whatever it is, any form of guidance, I'm looking to work on that side, even helping you to find new clubs, I've got connections all over the place nowadays. Um, And basically working as a mentor as well, uh, for players. So I've had a couple of agents hit me up, and I'm working with their players on mentoring them and giving them the right kind of advice. Um, Like we had a kid the other day, he was wanting to leave a full time club because of certain issues and his agent couldn't understand it. Yeah. After speaking to him and, speak, and then sitting down with him and stuff like that, he's now focused again and he's back playing and doing yeah. really well. And hopefully it earns his professional contract in the next yeah. couple of months. So, And these things are what I think in the football community, we should be doing more, like expo mm. more, being there for young players. The young players, yeah. World. Like there's a lot of, coming up, I remember there was like a lot of bitter, like, Pros at the time, like not wanting the young lads to come in and like
0: take their position, kind of thing,
1: yeah. But like, if that happens, then it happens, like, no. you know what I mean. Like, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen, like, but you can still give the advice, you know what I mean, still give them the, the guidance that they need, you know what I mean, because then it makes the, the, the game better for everyone going forward, you know what I mean. So, um, I think in the next like five to ten years, that's going to be the next, um. Um that's gonna be the next um um like revolution uh, in yeah. football. Um and then I think like so in the last couple of years it was like, let's say it was like um physical, it was like physical uh revolution. So it was like healthy eating and, and things like that. Yeah. Um, I think in the next couple of years it's gonna be the mental side. Mental revolution. Mm. So I think that's I think that's where it's going and that's where it's at that like really, yeah
0: yeah no bro and first of all thank you so much for for sharing your story like so many yeah. elements to it that yeah. like were like so touching not just for me but i'm sure the listeners and viewers will appreciate it from yeah. from like the parts of your story where like it's like you're not getting reasons for like why you're not succeeding and then yeah. then all the way down to like the mental health side of things or what it did yeah. to you and ultimately like made you leave the game because of like things that were happening that a you had no control over but b yeah. like you didn't know how to handle and didn't know how to act in those situations and yeah. the fact that you've been able to like turn that around and like have the have the heart and the mentality to still want to give back to the game um yeah because, not just because you have that passion but because it's you as a person i could even see that just from from talking to you and other the conversations that we've had so yeah just just a, a big like big credit to you and be like big up to you for yeah. for being able to turn that around and yeah. you know being able to share your story but i still have the ambition to yeah. want to do these kind of things for you know young guys and girls in in the game because it's yeah. it's such a brutal world and it's not spoken about enough um and even the the journey to like like all the players that you said you've you've played with who are at that level like they they are like the elite ones who've like you know gone through all these and still managed to like stay there but it's like they're the it's like they're the minority basically because like the majority you know slip through the net and you know xyz things happen to them so it's about you know capturing the majority and and making sure that they either find something in the game or even if even if they're going to leave football altogether but they can still build a career build a life yeah exactly exactly. there's just it's all that that goes into that being a footballer and you know that's even on a personal level when people are like, oh, like footballers get paid too much, blah, blah, blah. But if you know like what like a footballer has to go through to like yeah. be on your TV screen, like yeah. I, I like literally I've like I try and explain it to anyone who has the argument because it's like the that you, it's like for the people who think they're going into a particular career, like you know, you yeah. grew up in the academy, you're getting told X, Y, Z all the time, yeah. blah blah blah, agents. And then you can just get dropped like that. And then yeah. like you're gone like into the abyss basically like that happens all the time but the yeah. ones that you see on your tv screen it's like they might have had that and then come back or like yeah. they've just they've had some kind of mentality as you mentioned that to just yeah. keep going and going mm-hmm. and going and that's the people that you see you know on your tv screens and stuff so yeah. for them to achieve that is like amazing in itself yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. To, mm-hmm. overcome the hurdle so yeah it's,
0: it's crazy but yeah just just big credit to you bro because it's yeah your, your story is inspiring like, I've, I've heard it already but every time I hear it like I listen to Sharky's Pod first of all and yeah. then I'm just but even hearing it every time it's just like yeah, yeah it's, it's heartwarming man so, <laughs> so thank you bro no
1: definitely I appreciate it man definitely nah.
0: Um, but yeah that, that's going to wrap up part one um, yeah. of, of Henok's story and then join us in part two where we're going to talk about more about you know, discrimination issues, and and a bit more about sort of the current issues, and and get Hannah's thoughts on some of those subjects. So yeah, stay tuned, subscribe so you don't miss part two, turn the notification bell on, and we'll catch you.